0: Hello and welcome to episode 41. It's pretty mad. Start of season 2. I know I've kept you waiting for a couple of weeks and there's a reason for that because I wanted to make sure that everything was set up, that I had some nice guests lined up for you for this season as well, which I have done and I'm very, very excited to be bringing you some of the people that I'm going to be speaking to over the next few months really, Um, but before I get into the podcast and let you know a little bit more about what this episode's going to be about, I just want a quick word from, you can call them a sponsor or an affiliate, but it's Pure Sports CBD, so I haven't got an agent, um, shout out if anyone wants to be my agent, so I'm going to have to do all the approaching people on my own at the moment, so I gave these guys a message on Instagram because if you've been listening for a while, you know my sleep has been pretty naff. So, I've used CBD before, it helped my sleep, so I was like, well, no-brainer, really. I only wanna advertise and stuff for products that I believe in, so I messaged them, shot a message like, look, can we work together? So they sent me some CBD very kindly. Um, I'm using the 1000 milligram tincture, it's a little drop you put under your tongue. First thing that I could note about that is it doesn't taste like broccoli. Now, a lot of them in the past that I've used have tasted like broccoli, and, I mean, unless you're mad on broccoli, that's not great. So I won't scream and shout about the benefits of CBD. It's used by many high-level athletes and very, very clever people as well. So I'm going to leave you to do your own research. Head to puresportcbd.com. And if you're happy with everything on there, have a read through the benefits. You can then use the code read 20 And of course, that'll mean a 20% discount. All that information, I'll check in the description so you know where to go. Now, this episode, I wanted to reintroduce myself because I feel the first episode that I did that introduction as to sort of why I'm doing that, this, who I am, I was a little bit nervous and I spoke about this in the previous episode, but. I don't feel like I'm that person anymore. Although I've still, I'm still very passionate about reading, even probably more so, because um, of the podcast. But I wanted to use this episode as a, as a chance to sort of reintroduce myself and, and delve a little bit deeper into some of the stuff that I spoke about in that first episode. So, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Cunningham, and this podcast is a Need to Read. Now on Instagram, it is at a Need to Read with the number two. And not the word. So if you're not following us on Instagram, that's where you can keep up to date with everything. That's when you get your notifications through in terms of new book reviews, posts. Sometimes I do a book meme if I'm feeling particularly funny that day. Um, So yeah, get on the Instagram. That's going to be the best way to keep up to date with everything that's happening. That's all that out of the way. I wanted to go further into how I got where I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing because I think for a lot of people they read all their lives and they're just like they they almost take it for granted that what like what a book can actually do for you. And the reason that I'm so passionate about it and probably what plays in my favour is the fact that I haven't read all my life and that I, I stepped away from it for a very, very long time. And I did a post of the day about five books that I wish I'd read five years ago. And I want to get into that a little bit later into this episode. So that'll be the book chat for this episode. But a little bit about me. So I'm currently living in Dorset in England, around Bournemouth area. I don't really want to be living here. I want to be living in Australia. That's where I was at the start of the year. When the coronavirus kicked off, I was in Bali and I was on holiday there. Australia shut their borders on me, so I couldn't get back into my flat. So I I left my flat with all of my stuff in it. I um, had to get a friend to go around, pack all that up, and then post that back to the UK. Now, I'm not the only one that's had plans scuppered by the coronavirus. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who have maybe developed themselves since the coronavirus kicked in, kicked off whatever you want to call it it doesn't seem like it's going to be ending anytime soon which is really really frustrating but it seems like everyone has been affected by this one way or another like there's a lot of people who wanted to go traveling their travel plans have been scuppered. people that wanted to start different jobs couldn't start those jobs and we're all kind of in this together and i'm very very pleased to have been able to sort of potentially influence some people into reading particular books um, that may be able to help them get through this time. So i found particular comfort in reading books throughout this time. You can spend, there's going to be days where there's going to be nothing you can do, especially with winter coming up when it's raining. All my Australian followers and listeners, fuck you for having summer on the way because I'm jealous. Um, Because winter in the UK, I can't imagine being that great. And not to be negative about it, but I think there's something about preparing for the worst. And I think it's a wise thing to do right now is prepare for a long, potentially miserable winter. That's my bit about COVID. That's my rant there. Um, I'm quite thankful that it's given me an opportunity to create this podcast and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not thankful that people are dead, but I think you should be able to look at this time and think, you know what, there's a positive to come from this. Otherwise, we're just going to be negative all the time. And that is not good for your brain and your headspace. So, a little bit more about me. When I was in school, I was pretty naughty. And I ended up getting kicked out of school for... I'd say it was like Grand Theft Auto, but not quite as grand or thefty. But I, I took a girl's car keys when we were in the library we were friends and it was a joke so what i was going to do was move her car from one side of the car park to the other not recommending driving without insurance in someone's car and of course if the police are listening this never actually happened but i got caught doing that by one of the teachers and he made a sarky comment to me and all my life i've been very very bad when people make sarky comments to me so I shouted all the four-letter words I could at him and ended up getting kicked out of school. When I left school, obviously it wasn't really my choice, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. A couple of my friends joined the Marines, and this is something that I don't really talk about that much. And One of my best friends of it was, oh, you literally never talk about it. And it was a big part of my life. For probably about two years, I had dedicated to that one cause of becoming a Royal Marine and, and becoming a commander and getting the Green Beret. And that never happened, obviously, uh, because I kept getting injured. So I spent 18 months down in Limpston training to become a Royal Marines Commando, but I'd never quite got there. I kept getting injured. So I had a stress-fractured tibia, a semi-ruptured Achilles, a stress-fractured metatarsal, I think it is, the one on your foot, and then I ruptured the ligaments in my right ankle. From there, this is the biggest mouthful, I got calcific patellar tendinopathy. Now... You're probably not going to know what that means, but you people usually get it in their shoulders, like late 40s, early 50s, if they're going to get it, people that have played a lot of cricket stuff like that. So it's where calcification is growing in the tendons, and it was very, very annoying. So I left the Marines on a bit of a sour note, and I think I was probably depressed for a long time after that, and didn't action what? I I didn't do anything to get myself out of that I just thought well I'll try and get a job I'll try and do this because I think when you're 20 people try and like attach your identity to a job and you're like I need this career I need this career when in reality I think as you get older you realise that no one's got it figured out no matter what age they are. So, like, my cousin is 15 at the moment, and he's being forced to choose his A-levels and and choose, like, what job he wants at 15. And I'm like, listen, mate, I'm 10 years older than you. I haven't got a clue. I'd like to make this podcast my job, but who knows what's going to branch off from it. So we live in a really weird society where people try and force you into doing things, and I think that is at our detriment. Um, But back to leaving the Marines and being pretty depressed... I think it's, it's something that's not spoken about that much. And there are a lot of people that don't pass Royal Marines training or potentially any other training, the powers or any other type of military. There'll be people that have put their life into being a professional sportsman who have their dreams crushed to, through injury and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people that I know who have had the one thing that they wanted to do for a very long time taken away from them. And that's a really hard thing to deal with. And at the time, I was recommended The Chimp Paradox as a book, and I refused to read it. I look back now, and if I'd read The Chimp Paradox, it might have saved me a lot of hassle. I'm sure it wouldn't have sorted out my head, but The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters explains your brain in the most simple way. And I think at 20 year old, 20 years old, I didn't want to hear it, but it would have been very, very helpful if I had been more open To reading these books so I think when people give you book recommendations they're doing that from a space of saying look I've probably got something to tell you about yourself but I'm gonna let you figure it out by reading this book and I think that's a really nice thing to do Um, so I often give people books diagnose them books based on what their problems are just to save me having to tell them what I think the issue is which they might not listen to so yeah, I just I wanted to make a make a note on that and just be a bit more open and honest about my experience with the Marines, because it was tough. And when you get your dreams snatched away from you, as I'm sure many people listening to this podcast have, like, just let like, you know, like, it's absolutely fine to be really upset by that. Um, but also know that it's absolutely necessary that it happen to get you where you're going, whether you know where you're going or not. Now, coming out of the Marines and like working jobs, I went to college to go to university. Ended up doing pretty well on the course. Didn't end up going um, to uni because I was like, right, well, I'll, I'll do this job. So I fell into a job that my mum had said that I needed to stay at for at least a couple of years just to get some continuity um, in my CV because I've had a lot of jobs and I've been fired from quite a few places. Um, I've spoken about this before, but I got fired from Waitrose for calling the manager a cunt um and if you've been into waitrose you know it's a very middle class place and he apparently wasn't ready to hear that as um my description of his character so that's why i got given the boot from there so i started working in a call center and that is where essentially my reading kicked off with sales and with business it is a smart idea to read around the subject read around sales read around like your personable skills how to win friends and influence people it's a very old book but it is stood the sort of um test of time and is still very relevant today don't get the audible though because um they play little bits of music in between chapters it's really really annoying um unless you're into that so yeah do it or don't i don't care um but it's a very good book i started reading because i was Like many places, they sort of dangle the carrot of a promotion. And they're like, hey, we got some manager spaces coming up. We want to see some performance from you. And then, of course, when the time comes round, oh, oh, the manager petition's not there, but you've just shoved your all in for about six months, licking as much ass as possible to try and get where you need to be, which is the worst thing. Um, Because you then feel a little bit of resentment for the people that are managing above you, which is not great so shout out to all the people in business that dangle carrots with people and I just want to say fuck you because you frustrate people and that's not okay so be honest with people be good people that's all I'm saying um but yeah so I, I kicked off reading in there I was listening to a lot of audiobooks and kind of developed a mindset that I wanted to I wanted to grow so you call it growth mindset you call it whatever you want but I wanted to get better at my job so that I could earn more money, so that I could do more things, and eventually get out of there. Um, so, one book that I thought was great for business people is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, the one lesson that I took from that book um, was seeking to understand before you're understood, especially if you're working in sales or if you're pitching to a manager or if you're pitching. A marketing idea to someone, you have to be able to understand the other person's point of view before you try and get yours across, because um, it gets them on the side, and you need people on the side. Really, really need people on the side. So that's that's where the reading sort of kicked off for me, and then I went to Australia at the start of this year. Obviously, we've touched on that, and that's where I started stepping up on the reading. Um, although, like my reading habits have changed from the start of the year. I got a message from someone the other day who tried to recommend me a Matt Haig book at the start of the year, and I, I, like, I didn't listen, I didn't buy it, usually if people recommend me stuff, I like the sound of it, I go out straight away and buy it, and this girl that I met in Melbourne, shout out Emily, a uh, Melbourne girlfriend, um, even though she's not my girlfriend, but you know, for a couple of days, um, <laughs> I wish I didn't say that, oh well, it do, that doesn't matter, um, when you're traveling obviously you're going to be in a place for a few days and then you're going to be in a place for not for a few days so you might accumulate a girlfriend in one city that will last for a few days so you can be like do you know what we'll have a nice time over here and then that's it and that's cool you've just got to be honest with people just let you know don't try and say you're going to stay somewhere if you're not that's uh that's it but yeah still um shout out Emily because she'll be listening because books are cool and people that are cool like books. So um, yes, make sure you take on board people's recommendations because you never know, it might just be for your favourite author because that's what Matt Haig has turned out to be for me. Now before I get into those five books that I wish I'd read five years earlier, um, I just want to get into reading habits and like why why people should read when they should read now if you've read atomic habits by james clear you know that when you're creating a new habit what you have to do is couple it with an old one now i'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that everybody listening cleans their teeth um if you don't i strongly recommend doing it it keeps them from being sweet corn teeth because that's not the nicest thing aesthetically and also it stops you from having dirty breath because no one wants dirty breath so my suggestion would be before you clean your teeth in the morning tell yourself you're going to read now that unlocks cleaning your teeth so what I mean by that and unlocking cleaning your teeth is say Right, so before I do X, I'll do Y. In this case, X will be cleaning your teeth and Y will be reading for 10 minutes or reading for 15 minutes. So you say, before I'm going to clean my teeth in the morning, I'm going to read for 10 minutes or I'm going to read for 15 minutes. If you keep doing that every day, every day, soon enough, you've got a reading habit in the morning and it might only be 10, 15 minutes, but that's absolutely fine. You you may try and give me that, excuse that you haven't got enough time, but you can set your alarm 15 minutes earlier, go to bed 15 minutes earlier. You're not actually taking anything really out of the day for you. So that is a very, very simple and very, very dumbed down way of saying how you can build a reading habit. A note on actual reading and how much time you should give to it. Now, we live in an age where we are constantly have something demanding our attention we take in so much information every day that we never would have, say, 1960s, we're taking three times the amount of information per day, as they did then. If you throw it back to the 1500s, we're pretty much taking in the same amount of information every day that people would almost do in a lifetime. Now, I know that was a long time ago, um, and we've developed a lot from then, but there's an awful lot of information available to us. Now, you go on Instagram, you could read seven or eight snapshots of a news story or someone's instagram post and that like you don't need that much information you don't need to know about so many people i would like a a good way to be is sort of ignorant to a lot of this stuff and it frees up your time to do things that will be good for your mental health good for like mental clarity and stuff like such as um Weird that I would say this, but such as reading, because it's it's really important to take that time out. I feel when I'm watching the news and w- when I'm spending too much time on the internet, or on Instagram, or reading stuff, that's when I probably feel the most anxious because I'm I'm taking in way too much information. I've got too much to think about. Whereas if you can set aside some time, turn turn your phone on airplane mode, sit there and read for fifteen minutes. One percent of your day is about fourteen and a half minutes. So it's just over 1% of your day is 15 minutes. Now, if you can't give 1% of your day into something that can potentially change your life or change your outlook on something, which then the knock-on effects could be, well, you never know what they could be. I'm going to call you out on your bullshit because 15 minutes is nothing. You can find that in the day. A couple of things that I do just to make sure that even on a day that I'm really busy that I can read is I'll take my book everywhere that I go so if I'm going to meet a friend I'm in the habit of really getting places sort of 10-15 minutes early and even if I'm meeting a friend who's going to be late I'll still get there at that time and I'll just sit there in the car or, or wherever I am and I'll read until that person turns up and it saves me doing what we all do when we're waiting for someone which is just turn straight to our phones. This, this whole phone addiction thing is, is absolutely mental. So there's the thing, clean your teeth after you've read. And if you haven't read, then you can't clean your teeth and then you've got dirty breath, like we said, and we don't want that. So build that habit and just realise that 15 minutes, it's only just over 1% of your day. So if you can start with 10-15 minutes at a minimum... We get better at whatever we repeatedly do. So if you do that every day, you're going to get better at reading. You're going to be more interested in that book. It's going to encourage you to pick up that book at more times throughout the day for sort of prolonged periods of time. Obviously, if you've got to write the right book and that's where I step in. I'm here to read the books. So either you don't have to or I'm going to say, I think it's a really good idea that you should read this book because there's not, There is a lot of places that you can get your book recommendations online, but I don't feel like a lot of people are honest about them. So I'm here to sort of not necessarily shake up the industry in terms of that. But in terms of book podcasts, I want to be the guy who's honest to you. I'm not going to tell you about the narrative of the book. I'm not going to talk to you about the prose or the, the character's description that the author gave, like... I'm. I'm not about that. I. I read because I enjoy it, and I enjoy learning, and I kind of just want to share that passion with people, and make people realize there is so much you can get from these books, and the benefits are just they're beyond anything. There's a quote from Seneca. He was, um, he's a stoic philosopher. He was speaking to someone, and he said to acquire knowledge. You must, you must be able to speak to the dead. And the only way that you can speak to the dead is through reading. So, I mean, he said that two and a half thousand years ago. So, You can definitely see that that has stood the test of time. You can read books from dead people who were great at what they did and absolute geniuses. And you get a little insight into their brain. How lucky is it that we get to do that? not everyone in this world can read as well so to to be a reader and being able to read it's a gift like that's what we're taught to do at school so first you learn to read and then you read to learn but i think everyone kind of forgets that you're reading to learn after they leave school i'm assuming people listening to this podcast are reading to learn and i'm glad that you are let's get into those five books i wish i'd read five years ago and then i'll let you go so the five books that i wish i'd read five years ago so we've got the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson now this is a bit of a cult classic and i've spoken about it a lot you'll notice on a lot of the guest episodes that i have they're all people of relatively similar values to myself anyway but everyone talks about this book this book introduced me and encouraged me to read sort of in different lines of thoughts into different books just to see that the author, he wasn't anyone particularly special, Mark Manson, he's not got loads and loads of qualifications, he's not a scientist, he's not a massive businessman, he's just a writer and he reads a lot. So I was like, well, maybe I want to do that. And I think eventually that's where our head is, in, into the writing space because I do enjoy the process of writing and I am getting into that now. But the subtle art of not giving a fuck, like the main point here is that we are all going to die at some point and everyone you love is going to die as well. And if you go around allocating your fucks that you have, which are limited to these people, to people that don't matter, opinions of of these people, of course, that don't matter, you're not going to live a happy life. And that will lead to things like depression. You'll be anxious about what these people think of you and really... They don't even matter at all. And one of the main points that I took from the a lot of not giving a fuck is the value-driven life. You've got to work out what your values are. So after this podcast or, or at some point during the next week from when you've listened to this, have a look. Do some values tests online. Work out what your values are. And then work out if the life that you're sort of currently living is in line with those values. Because if it's not, you're going to go off course. And you want to stay on the right course generally in life. So I'm not going to stay on these books individually for very long, but A New Earth was another great book that I read. Now on A New Earth, he says that everything that you're going through is absolutely necessary. And I'll and I'll get the quote for you in a moment there. But it's a nice book to give you an insight into spirituality and remaining present. Um, I'd say it's better than The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, I don't know if it's the precursor or the sequel to this book, but honestly, it's one of the best books that I've ever read. And one of the quotes in there is, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this? Because this is the experience you're having at the moment. So... Whatever you're going through is absolutely necessary. And you can kind of turn that into Stoic philosophy with the Latin phrase, amor fati, which is the love of fate. Um, I've actually got that tattooed on the back of my arm, um, somewhere I can't even really see it. So if I ever need a reminder, I just have to pull my arm round to the front and then I just get sort of the end of the fatty. So, I mean, next time I get a tattoo of some words, I'll get them somewhere that I can see them a bit more. Um, But what that means is to not only... Um, bear what is necessary but to love it and there's a great story um, from Thomas Edison where his factory was on fire when his factory was on fire as opposed to panic and cry and moan about it he got his son and he was like look go and get your mother and your sister they'll never see a fire like this again which just shows that attitude of sort of loving what's happening can really save you from sadness and i suppose in life are we not all just kind of aiming for something that's going to save us from sadness and something to potentially postpone sadness or keep sadness at bay um now for me as someone who gets quite depressed i would say that my life is definitely centered around like doing things that keep sadness at bay um but i don't resent the fact that i'm depressed ever because i feel like it it's now become a part of who i am and it and it is has it is shaped me as a person that I'm far more proud of than before I, I was ever depressed or anything like that. So um, you can see it's a blessing and a sin um, and a curse in some ways. But that story of Thomas Edison actually came from another book um, that I've put down it's one of my f- five books that I wish I'd read five years ago, which is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Now... In that book, it's, it's very heavy on the Stoic philosophy, and it's all about essentially not seeing obstacles in the way as an end to whatever your goal is. The obstacle in the way becomes the way, and there's a story about this where a, a king, it's his end story, so a king put a big boulder in in the way of a street that headed into the city, um, blocking the path, so... Lots of people just turned around and turned back, and they were put off by the obstacle. Um, some people tried to climb over it and then turn back, when they realised they couldn't, but there was one guy who wanted to get over it so much, and he was like, "Right, well, like, I need that's that's in the way of where I'm going. This obstacle." So he went and got a log, and he dislodged this rock, and dislodged it, and dislodged it, and took some time as well. And when he finally moved this rock out of the path, he found a bag of gold under there, and the king had said to him, like, this is what I wanted. I wanted people to see it not just as an obstacle, but as something to overcome. So instead of giving up, this guy just got on with it, cracked on. And, I mean, he got a pot of gold. So next time an obstacle comes up, make sure you're not just put off by it, you don't just give up and turn around. Search for that gold. See what good you can make out of that situation. And it's that attitude that's really, really hard to adopt, but it is a brilliant one when you get the ha- get the hang of it. The other book I wanted to talk about is actually one of the most popular book review episodes um, on this podcast is The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakhiani. Um, I was recommended this by my friend Lucy Lord, so shout out to you. Um, and this book is brilliant. Everyone that I've recommended it to has absolutely loved it. It's all about breaking free from the sort of rules of society. Now Vishen Lakhiani calls them rules, bullshit rules. Now, any of the beliefs that you hold, interestingly, are probably not your own beliefs. You've come to that conclusion via a set of circumstance that you probably weren't aware of, stuff that's happened to you when you were younger, your education, um, your upbringing, you, the culture scape and the society in which you live in, they have sort of moulded those beliefs for you but at some point in time somebody made that up someone was sat there one day and was like oh here's an idea made up whatever idea it was and now a load of people believe it so whether that's religion and and people living via a dogma of religion or like people being polite like someone one day thought it was a good idea that everyone was polite and kind to each other which I mean I tend to agree with um, but somebody made it up there's a lot of things in society that are made up not to serve you, but to serve the state. I'm not going to try and be like an anti-capitalist man because, I mean, who wants to talk about politics? But you've got to realise that not everything that you believe in is true. And you've just got to learn to question everything. So The Code of the Extraordinary Mind is a great book for either reinforcing those beliefs, if you're that way inclined, or introducing you to a new concept, um, which, of course, would be question everything. The final book is one that I haven't spoken about on the podcast. Um, Yeah, and it's The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Now, The Midnight Library is a novel, and the the sort of subtitle or, or description of the book is Between life and death, there is a library, and within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived, to see how things would be if you'd made other choices. Would you have done anything any different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? Now this book is absolutely brilliant. I'm not a massive fan of novels, but this one I absolutely loved. It was genuine pleasure to read. Imagine your life and think about things that you regret. Now I'm sure there are a few decisions that you'd be questioning. Imagine you had the chance to go back and make a different decision. Now all the other good things in your life from that point may never come up from you making that decision. And this goes back to what we said earlier about everything being absolutely necessary to get you where you need to go or to be sort of where you need to be. The book follows a woman called Nora and she's depressed and she ends up deciding to take her own life. And that's where she enters the Midnight Library, where she gets to have a look at all these decisions that she made. One of them was not joining a band with her brother or not signing a record deal, so she decides to have a visit in that life, where her and her brother actually no longer speak because he's out of the band. So that life wasn't as good as what she would think it um, to be. Another one where she married someone that she ended up not marrying in her real life, Turns out that life wasn't so great either. So let's take my life for example. Say I had decided to stick at the Marines and and really give it a go and try and go through the rehab, and say that had managed to work. I might not like that life that I'm in right now. If I'd made that decision and I'd stayed there, I might not have liked the life where I'd gone to university and become a physiotherapist. I can guarantee I wouldn't have because I'm not going to be going touching old ladies on the knee or anything like that so that's why i made that decision so it's not something that i regret um but hopefully you get the gist there and it's quite a nice exercise to do is to think about things that potentially people regret um and just working out that not to be cliche but no regrets is is the best and most comforting way to live because you realize that i mean i'm saying it for the third time here but everything is absolutely necessary that's happening to you right now to get you where you're going and you're in control of what you do in the future you obviously can't control what you do in the past um, like time travel doesn't exist just yet to the best of my knowledge but like if it did would you really go back and change something i don't think i would i think i'm quite enjoying the life that i have now even though sometimes of course it's not that enjoyable I think the struggle is what makes it a good life. If you know what I mean, that that that's what gives your life meaning, is choosing something to struggle for. That's another thing from Mark Manson and from the philosopher um Frederick Nietzsche is like through struggle that's when you find meaning. So and that is a universal constant as well, is suffering. You just gotta choose what you want to suffer for and make the most out of that. So those are the five books that I wish I'd read five years earlier. Now, do I actually wish I'd read them five years earlier? Nah, I think they came to me at the right time. And I do believe that about books, is they do come to you at the right time. So when you need to to learn about a particular thing or change your perspective on a particular thing, that's when you look for books. So when it comes to picking your books, if you're not gonna go off my recommendations, have a little look at your life, Look where you think you might potentially be lacking or might just potentially want to improve and then find a book based on that. I'm My DMs are always open. I'm happy to do book suggestions whenever. Um, so just, like I say, follow on Instagram. That'll be at a need to read with the number two, not the word. Now, that is the end of episode 41. I've waffled for a long time. I was filming this episode and the camera ran out of battery. Um pretty quickly and then the lights started turning off when i had it charged so i've had a bit of a nightmare but does it matter not really you guys probably aren't that bothered about seeing my face anyway um i want to take a moment as well just to thank everyone i know I did this in the last episode but um to the messages that i get the feedback i get the reviews i see the shares that the podcast get that is what i absolutely live for without the shares and stuff like this podcast won't have grown and it won't continue to grow so obviously if you resonate with an episode um or you've got a friend that you think could benefit from either listening to the podcast or seeing some of the content that i put out there um just let them know because well i need you to basically because otherwise the podcast's not going to grow and if we're not going forwards we're going backwards right So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'll be back soon. I've got some really, really exciting guests, like I said at the start of the episode. Uh, Video content will actually be up soon when I work out how to keep these lights on and keep the camera on. So before I let you go and I wrap this episode up, I'll give you the Philosopher's Thought of the Week, this time coming from the Daily Stoic. Now, carpe diem, it's a Latin phrase. Now, you might see this as a bit of a cliche, I'm actually growing to love cliches and realising that they're a cliché for a reason uh, because people think them a lot and they're potentially the right way to live if we're talking about a way of living life. This thought comes from Seneca in Moral Letters and it says, Let us therefore set out wholeheartedly, leaving aside our many distractions and exert ourselves in a single purpose before we realise too late the swift and unstoppable stoppable flight of time are left behind. As each day arises, welcome it as the very best day of all and make it your own possession. We must all seize what flees. Bit of a a rhyme there from Seneca. What a legend. Now, Ryan Holiday explains this as you only get one shot at today. You only get 24 hours with which to take it. And then it is gone and lost forever. Will you fully inhibit all of today? will you call out I've got this and do your very best to be your very best what will manage to make the most of today before it slips from your fingers and becomes the past when somebody asks you what you did yesterday do you really want the answer to be nothing now I don't need to tell you to seize the day carp at the end but I have and I think not enough people do that so there's a lot of uh scope for people to do nothing at the moment but if you can just do one thing to move towards your goal it's something that i've learned in therapy i have a towards goal that i write out every morning so like what's my towards move for today so today it was recording this episode and that moves me one step towards my goal whatever that end goal is so make sure you're making the most of your days um it's very easy at the moment to not do so but thank you very much for listening to this extended version of me chatting shit about books I appreciate it, hopefully um, you enjoyed it as well. I've got a lot to come for this season. I'm very, very excited. Um, they won't all be 40 minutes long though, so don't worry about that. But if um final words before I go is just take it easy, everyone. I'm not going to tell you the Instagram again because I've already done that, but do follow me if you don't. And yeah, just make sure you read a book. Remember, you can't clean your teeth until you've read 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the morning. And it's only 1% a your day, so it's not that much to ask, but it will make a profound difference in your life for the long term. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And I'll be back very, very soon with some exciting guest episodes.